0: Hello. Welcome to the legends of King Arthur and his knights. Chapter 33, Sir Lunatic of the Lake. Lancelot of the Lake had a new name. Those who resented the great man had snidely labelled him the Lunatic of the Lake. And, sadly for everyone, the new label was an accurate description of the current mental state of Arthur's greatest knight. And the cause of this distress? Well, Guinevere, of course. When she found out he had a son with another woman... She had refused to speak to him again. Lancelot loved the Queen and he couldn't take it. He had been gone for some time and was apparently living out in the wild, surviving on berries and rodents. For a long time various knights of the round table had been out looking for him. Sir Tristram of Lyons had a new home. While Lancelot was away being mad, the great knight from Cornwall had moved into his home. There he spent his time with La Belle Isoude having a great time. King Mark had left him alone for a long time. And at last he felt happy and secure, while Launcelot was away. Tristram took his place as Arthur's most knightly knight. Sir Palamedes the Saracen had travelled far and wide. He spent months and years wandering the lands, doing great deeds and trying to come to terms with his love for La Belle Isoude, a love that even he knew was going nowhere. After he had been away for a long, long time he came to the conclusion that he needed to be christened so he could feel more a part of the Fellowship of the Round Table. He knew, though, there was one thing he had to do and one person he had to speak to before he did the deed and obtained the peace of mind he so desperately desired. Many more years the Knights of the Round Table searched for Sir Lancelot. At no time were there fewer than ten of them out there hunting him down. They didn't find him, though. Mad old Lancelot lived off the land, his hair grew long and lank, and his beard became a thing of wonder, stretching nearly to his knees. Eventually, Lancelot the loony was found, but not by a knight of the round table. A knight stumbled across the hairy fool. Lancelot had recently stolen a sword from a dwarf and was wielding it crazily about his head. The knight, a little concerned for the safety of both the madman and any passing stranger, approached the sword wielder cautiously. "'Give me the sword, my friend,' he said." "'You'll have someone's eye out if you're not careful. "'You look in need of a bath and a rest and some warm clothes. "'You don't need to be swinging that. "'Come on, hand it over.' "'Come here and say that,' replied Lancelot, "'and I'll have your head.' "'The knight, thinking he was dealing with a crazy man "'rather than Sir Lancelot of the Lake, "'drew his sword and ran at the hairy one. Ten seconds later, the knight was lying on the ground, "'blood running from his nose and ears, "'brains buffeted in his skull. "'His wife,' watching from their pavilion, screamed that her poor husband had been slain by a wild man. Lancelot, spotting a nice clean bed in the tent, ran over to it. When he arrived, he carefully lay down on the bed and had a nice sleep. The lady, passing him on the way, ran over to her husband, who fortunately was far from dead. The knight, who was called Sir Blyant, mused to his wife that he'd never received such a stroke, and this crazy chap must be a knight. He ordered that the sleeping man be carried still sleeping on the bed, to his castle, Castle Blank. There, just for safety, his hands and feet were bound and he was tied to the bed. He was well fed, but out of his mind. He didn't tell anyone who he was, it was doubtful that he even knew. He was kept in the castle, in this state, for 18 months. It seems that mad old Lancelot began to recover a little while he was tied to the bed at Castle Blank. One day he was staring out of the window when he saw his host, Sir Bliant, being attacked by two knights. He recognised one of the knights as the Brown Knight without pity. Sir Bliant was close to death and Lancelot determined to help him. The meat he had been fed must have been very high in protein as Lancelot's strength seemed to have grown. Filled with rage, he became like the Incredible Hulk. With a roar, he broke his bonds and leapt from the bed. He charged down the stairs and outside. There he pulled Sir Bertalot, the brother of the brown knight, from his horse and threw him to the ground. Then he grabbed the startled knight's sword and smashed the brown knight across the head. Sir Bertalot recovered, but so had Sir Bliant. He swung his own sword and cut off Bertalot's hand. Both Sir Bertalot and the brown knight, without pity, decided they'd had enough. Both mounted their horses and galloped away. Sir Bliant thanked his guest. Lancelot had a nice bath and was given clean clothes. He stayed with Sir Blyant for another year and a half while he recovered a little more of his sanity. Still, he didn't say who he was. Sadly, Lancelot's new life of comfort wasn't to last. One day, Lancelot set out to fight a giant boar. He succeeded in killing it, but was bitten by the creature. He was taken to a hermitage to recover, which he did. Unfortunately, the hermit ran out of boar meat to feed his patient, and Lancelot began to lose weight. His health, both physical and mental, suffered, and he became a crazy wild man again. Not too long after this, he ran away. Not having any idea where he was headed, Lancelot soon found himself wandering through the streets of the town of Corbin, home to King Pelham and the lovely Elaine. The people thought he was a tramp and threw turf at him. Then they set him up in what amounted to a kennel, gave him a bed of straw and threw meat at him a couple of times a day. For a month or two, Sir Lancelot of the Lake lived like a dog. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Now, King Pelham had a nephew called Castor. On the day the young man was to be knighted, the king ordered that everyone be given new gowns to wear at the ceremony. Some thought it would be fun if the court fool, the madman in the kennel, was given a cloak too. He was given a bath and a shave and dressed up for the occasion. Lancelot took it quite well but the party tired him out and he went into the garden for a nap. There he was spotted by Elaine. Elaine ran to fetch Dame Bryson, who cast a deeper sleep spell on the slumbering knight. Then he was spirited away to a tower at the castle. A holy man was sent for. He took the Holy Grail and filled it with a miraculous potion. The potion was fed to Lancelot and he recovered completely. For the first time in many years, he was whole, both physically and mentally. The newly sane Lancelot blinked and looked around. He recognised Elaine and King Pelham. What am I doing here? he asked. How did I get here? What year is it? What on earth has been going on? Well, said Elaine, you're not going to like this, but here goes. You have been wandering around like a madman for many years. Virtually all of the knights of the round table have at some point been out looking for you. You stumbled into town a few weeks ago and were living in a kennel. The townspeople enjoyed your madness and treated you like the village idiot. I recognised you and brought you here to be healed. Now you are sane and healthy again, but you've lost a good few years of your life. Sorry. Lancelot bowed his head. I've treated you badly and I've upset the Queen. I can never go back to the court of King Arthur. Helene angled her head slightly. She knew this wasn't true, as the knights had been out looking for Lancelot, but she wanted him to herself. She arranged with her father that the two of them be given a castle to live in. The castle was called Castle Bliant. It was on a small island and was a quite magnificent sight. Lancelot decided he may as well try and make it home, so he christened it Joyous Isle. Rather than let everyone know who he was, he gave himself a new name. He was to be called the Chevalier Malfet, the knight who has sinned. His heart, though, was heavy. Every morning he got up and looked out over the land towards Camelot where King Arthur and his queen lived. Every morning he shed a tear and wished he could return. Rather surprisingly, he was not introduced to his son, who was by now a teenager. Maybe Elaine knew what had been prophesied and knew that Lancelot and Galahad were not destined to meet just yet. It didn't take long for Lancelot to get bored. He heard there was a tournament taking place nearby. He didn't dare go there himself for fear of being recognised, but he sent out a message. Any knight who thought he was hard enough should come to Joyous Isle and take him on. The message was well received. Knights began to turn up to joust with this unknown knight. For three days they came, one after another. Five hundred knights took on the stranger and five hundred knights were defeated. When the three days were up, Lancelot declared the challenge was over he threw a massive feast for his defeated opponents and sent them on their way. The stream of knights rode away from the castle as two others were riding towards it. Sir Percival and Sir Hector de Maris were taking their turn to look for Lancelot. They stopped outside Joyous Isle and asked a young lady what was going on. Well, she replied, in that castle there lives a knight known only as Le Chevalier Malfet. He came here as a madman and lived like a dog for a few months. Then he was healed by precious liquid poured from the Holy Grail and set up in this castle here. He's just taken on 500 knights and beaten them all. I tell you what, why don't you have a go? The jousting has ended but I'm sure he'll take on another couple. Sir Percival and Sir Hector thought this was a fine idea and challenged the stranger knight. Of course he beat them too and then he invited them to eat. He asked who they were. He could simply have waited until they took off their helmets and then he would have recognised them. But he didn't. Percival spoke. I am Sir Percival of Wales, brother to the late great Sir Lamorak. My companion is Sir Hector de Maris, brother to the greatest knight of all knights, Sir Lancelot of the Lake. He and I have been seeking Sir Lancelot, as have all our fellowship, for many years. Percival took off his helmet, and Lancelot kneeled down. He cast away his sword and shield, and spoke softly. I am your humble servant. My name is Lancelot of the Lake, son of King Ban of Benwick. Then he removed his helmet. Percival and Hector grinned and threw their arms around each other in celebration. Sir, said Percival, we've found you. I'm overjoyed to see you. Although we would never have given up, we were afraid you were dead and we'd never see you again. You must come back with us to court. Lancelot shook his head sadly. No, I can't do that. Queen Guinevere has banished me from court and I can never go back. Sir Hector stepped forward. Brother, you couldn't be more wrong. King Arthur, Queen Guinevere and all of the knights of the round table, especially your greatest friend Sir Gawain, love you and miss you. All are terribly sad you've been gone so long. Never a day goes by without someone speaking fondly of you and praying that one day you will return. Sir Tristram lives in your house, wishing you were there, enjoying it with him and issued. You can return at any time and be welcomed with open arms. Please come back to Camelot. Lancelot, tears in his eyes, nodded. Thank you, my brother. I will ride with you today. He turned to Elaine. I must leave now. Elaine wept slightly, but she knew that it must be this way. She spoke softly to Lancelot. Go, Lancelot, back to where you belong. The time is right. At the next Feast of Pentecost you will meet your son. I will send Galahad to Camelot to become a knight. He will still be but 16 years old, but he will be ready. He'll be ready to begin his journey. He'll be ready to become the greatest of all knights of the round table, better even than you. The three knights departed. Five days later, they arrived in the city of Winchester. The party thrown that evening was one of the best the round table had ever seen. Sir Percival, a great storyteller, recounted the tale of Lancelot's adventures while he was away. Everyone was delighted to see him. Gawain clasped his lost best friend as if he never wanted to let go and wept as he welcomed him. King Arthur was nearly as emotional. The Queen, though, was beside herself with delight. She said nothing. She didn't want to raise any suspicion. But her Lancelot had returned after many years. At last they could be together again. The court was told of the prophecy that Galahad would arrive in their midst at Pentecost. It was decided an even bigger party would be thrown then. Only one of the great knights of the round table was not there to welcome Lancelot. Sir Tristram of Lyons was still in residence at Joyous Gard. Word soon reached him there was to be a huge gathering at Camelot for the feast of Pentecost. He decided he'd better be there. Isoud agreed and told him she'd be there for him when he got back. Tristram, in very good spirits, rode off towards Camelot. But he didn't get there straight away. In fact, he didn't get very far at all. When Tristram reached the spot where he had been due to meet with Sir Palamedes many years before, he bumped into a knight that he knew. In fact, he bumped into the knight he had been supposed to fight all those years before. He bumped into Sir Palamedes. But the Palamedes he encountered seemed to be a more together and calmer Palamedes than the one who had fled because he couldn't come to terms with his love for La Bellesude. Tristram, not expecting to have to do any fighting, was not armed. Palamedes challenged him to a joust for old time's sake. They had a little skirmish, but Palamedes didn't put his heart into it. He was an honourable knight and wasn't into beating unarmed men. The two old enemies agreed to find a knight who had some armour, attack him, steal it and then have a proper joust. As they were riding, Sir Tristram asked Palamedes a question. So, you still a heathen then, or have you been baptised? Palamedes smiled. Well, funny you should ask. I decided to be baptised, but I wanted a particular person to be there to be my godfather. Before Tristram could find out who this person was, there came upon a knight called Sir Galleron of Galway. He agreed to lend his armour to Tristram so they didn't have to attack him. Fully armed, Tristram prepared to face his old opponent. Palamedes did the same. They charged and came together with almighty force. Both were tipped from their mounts and drew their swords. For two hours they crashed into each other, neither willing to give an inch. True class always comes to the fore in the end though, and Tristram was just a bit too good. He managed to strike Sir Palamedes' sword away from him and watched it fly through the air. Palamedes smiled and yielded. Sir Tristram, he said, I yield to you and have no wish to fight on anyway. I'm sorry for the offence I've caused you and I'm sorry for the way I treated you. My love for La Belle-Isoud clouded my judgement, but I'm over it now. Your friendship is very dear to me and I would like to beg your forgiveness. I want to be baptised and I would like you to be my godfather. So Sir Palamedes was baptised. Together he and Tristram rode to Camelot. They arrived on the day before the Feast of Pentecost, just in time to be there for the arrival of the young man, who had become the newest of King Arthur's knights. As the day of the Feast of Pentecost approached, King Arthur was in great spirits. Loyal Gawain was at his side, Lancelot was back. Tristram had arrived, Palamedes had returned from his wanderings. The rest of the Orkney clan were there. Dinadan and Percival were ready to joke and tell stories. The fellowship of the round table was strong. Little did King Arthur know that this feast would be the last one at which they would all be together. Never again would the round table see so many great knights. The decline had begun. But there was to be one last moment of glory. Before too long, the knights of the round table would be attempting the quest for the Holy Grail. Next time, Galahad arrives. So, until then, have a great couple of weeks and I'll speak to you next time.